Welcome to the Hope for ACD podcast, the podcast for adults with divorced parents and those who love them. We're glad you're here as we discuss how adults with divorced parents can take steps towards better relationships with God, themselves, their spouses, and others. Now here is your host, therapist and author, Kent Darcy. Hi, this is Kent Darcy. Thank you for joining us at Hope for ACD, Hope for Adult Children of Divorce. I'm so glad you chose to be with me. Today, I have a special treat. There is a book called 10 Things I Wish I Knew Before My Parents Got Divorced and Remarried. The author is Chris Martin, and I had the pleasure of interviewing her about the book. I'm going to play that interview in just a moment. But first, a little background on Chris. She's an entrepreneur, a business representative, Sounds like what you say when you're on Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy and you can't say the name of the company. You know, I'm a business representative. <laughs> but she is also passionate about tutoring and teaching Bible studies. She lives in Ohio with her two dogs, one of which I think you can actually hear in the background on one question. I don't know if there was a squirrel outside or what, but I guess he got kind of excited. You know, But Chris was a delight to talk with. She's passionate about helping people overcome any issues that are linked to their parents' divorce. Also, one last note, the interview was conducted over the phone, so it has phone quality. <laughs> but I think you'll find the content very helpful. So here's my interview with Chris Martin discussing her book, 10 Things I Wish I Knew Before My Parents Got Divorced and Remarried. I'll be back on the other side. I'm speaking with Chris Martin, who is the author of 10 Things I Wish I Knew Before My Parents Got Divorced and Remarried. Welcome to the Hope for ACD podcast, Chris. It's great to have you with us. Thank you so much, Kent. Thank you for having me. By the title, I gather that your parents were divorced. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. My parents were divorced. Uh, I was young. I was probably about nine when my parents were officially divorced. Uh They have both remarried since. And so just that longevity of just different dynamics for anyone who is an adult child divorced can relate to that there's just a lot of change that happens in childhood, but also in adulthood. One of the things I like about the book, again, we're talking about 10 things I wish I knew before my parents got divorced and remarried, is the book is Christ-focused. I also find that the book is very transparent and relatable. You talk about issues that happen to adults with divorced parents by sharing your own story. It was really hard to be transparent. A lot of tears went into this book, and I I quit Uh it more times than I care to admit, because it was really hard. And I I kept scrapping it, rewriting it, going through it. And the Lord finally just convicted me. He said, you have to be completely honest, and you have to bear what you went through and be honest about that. Because sometimes we like to only tell half the story. It wasn't as bad as it seemed. The truth is, it was hard. And to shed light on that and being honest, That's how I think as we folks relate to each other is when someone is vulnerable. It's really tough, but God can heal everything and all the hurt, Mm -hmm. and he can turn anyone's life around, and we're all redeemable through Christ. Yeah, Yeah, with God, all things are possible. The chapter titles you've got are, I am never rejected by God, which is basically what you were just sharing. And then my past can explain current behavior, but never excuse it. And my physical and emotional clutter is a direct reflection of my life. My identity is in Christ. There are four seasons in life. Give and forgive. Trust there is a plan. Dream big. I like that. And develop healthy relationships and grow every day in every way. And you told a story in your first chapter 
I'm never rejected by God, about when your dad mentioned that he was having a family. Yeah, that was that was probably one of the hardest days in my life, besides my parents telling me they were going to get divorced. It was very devastating because this does happen a lot, where a parent, whether it's a mom or a dad, will leave the family, and they call it abandonment, or it's just, they just made a bad choice, and they decided to pursue other hobbies or other relationships outside of their marriage, and they break that covenant, and then they, mm-hmm. they decide to then move. For In my instance, my dad moved away two states after the divorce, and he got uh-huh. married quickly. We were not invited to the wedding, and so there was a lot of rejection along the way, but I had that defense of hope, like, oh, my gosh, he's going to come back someday, and I'm his only daughter, and he's going to love me, and I'm going to have this great relationship with my dad. And that was devastating because I think, and you share this in your book as well, Kent, that the daddy hunger. And our relationship to God is, it starts out with our relationship with our fathers, earthly Mm -hmm. fathers before our heavenly fathers. So that was one of the hardest days of my life because I was told there's no way he was going to have a family because of logistics and stuff. And so when you sat me down at that table and told me that, I was, I was shocked. And I was not in, even in a good place. I was broke. I was in my 20s. I was 24. And, uh-huh. and my car barely made it there to my step-grandma's house. Yeah. I mean, it was puttering along. And so I just thought, oh, my gosh, maybe he, like, bought me something nice. And when he told me that, there was no buffer. It was just like, this is how it is. We're so excited. And there was no mention of them even trying to have a family. It was a complete shock to me. And the devastating part was to know that my defense of hope was no longer now a defense of hope. There wasn't a lot of hope because I knew that he was going to raise these kids in their home as a whole family when I had missed out on all this father-daughter dances and, and that whole life growing yeah. up. So that rejection, I had already had that rejection and abandonment. And I know I'm not the only one who's gone through this. And then it just really got tougher was they had two girls. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I've been replaced. And so, I mean, I was in the lowest point of my life, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've been replaced and abandoned. And that's a whole other level of grief, I think. And so divorce is a grief. There's parts of divorce I think adult child divorce have to grieve the loss of their parents' marriage, but also sometimes the loss of relationships as well that you really want, but it takes two people to have those relationships. And yeah. so that was the toughest point. And so I had to come to grips with I'm either going to get better in this life or I'm, I'm going to get because I was getting worse. And just every area of my life was just not in a good place. And I still trusted God but not trust God. And so I had to uh-huh. really make that choice of am I going to give him 100% of my life? Am I really going to grow in the Lord? And am I going to believe what I say I believe my whole life or, or am I going to give up? And I'm just going to do whatever I want to do in the situation. That's great. One of the things that adults with divorced parents have to deal with is I recently wrote a blog on how our our parents actually care about us, but sometimes they're just oblivious. The quote that was in your book, that, uh, what we were sharing about, is he, your, your dad said, I've accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish, and now I am ready to start a family. And then you wrote, just in yeah. case he was suffering from short-term memory loss, I told him that he already had three kids and was never there to raise them. I think that that speaks to so many of the listeners in our audience that sometimes our parents in their own desire to start anew, and sometimes you'll hear when you read the divorce blogs and that, they say, I want to do it right. I want to get it right this time. I didn't do it right the first time. And sometimes the kids kind of get caught in that where they say something that, like, you know, your dad said, and I'm not not throwing stones or anything because I he just was oblivious to how it came across to you. 
And it's really exciting that you were able to allow God to pour into that pain and make you really more dependent and trustworthy in him in the future on that. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But it was really hard. It was really, and I'm not going to highlight that as like, wow, I'm so strong. It was not. I can't even tell you how many tears. And, you know, going to counseling really helped a lot, too. And and getting a mentor and plugging into a godly Bible study where I was held accountable to have older women pouring life into me to deal with that pain. Sometimes we think we have to deal with that pain on our own. So it's okay to reach out, but we need a community to really help us. Excuse me. I just want to jump in on that. You said you saw a counselor, you had a mentor, you were in a Bible study. How important do you think, for those who are listening, and, and one of the issues we deal with adults with divorced parents is isolationism. We kind of yeah. think that we're the only ones going through this, nobody understands, and we tend to not trust people anyway. So what would you say to the person that says, you know what, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I don't really know if I need a counselor or a mentor or you know, a Bible study. What would you say to that individual? You know, I would say I've been there, and it's hard, and it's embarrassing. I mean, I'm just going to say it right there, because when you're like, oh, my gosh, I have a 4 o'clock appointment today, I have to go talk to someone about my mental health. So I'd really encourage the reader to say, you know what, there's no shame in that, and you're not alone. There's millions of people who have actually gone through the same exact thing. And just to know that you're not alone, you're going to start healing, and the burden is going to start being lifted off of you, and you're going to be able to start having a new life that is uniquely yours, that God had already planned before you were even born. And so that's mm-hmm. a really yeah. encouraging, hopeful part. And trust me, I've been there so embarrassed to even say I even had a counselor, but now I'm not embarrassed anymore because it helped change my life. And remember, it's also a spiritual battle out there. It's mm-hmm. a spiritual battle that Satan doesn't want us to get help. He wants us to just stay isolated. But Jesus had always had a community. So if Jesus was the Son of God and had a community, how much more do we need a community as well? And, there, and there's a lot of issues that come I think of the scripture that talks about there's safety in the counsel of many. Yeah. You know, that it's yeah. important to get that godly, wise input. But it also helps us to move through important topics. Like in chapter 6, which you titled Give and Forgive, the first line of that chapter is powerful. It says, I thought I was in control when I didn't forgive my dad. I thought he didn't deserve to be forgiven for what he did to our family. But the truth is that unforgiveness kept me hostage. One of the big issues, because there are so many offenses, you know, one of the challenges we often have is we feel that working through this process, we're blaming our parents. But in reality, you said so eloquently that going through the process is really the only way for healing. But part of that healing includes forgiveness. In your chapter, Give and Forgive, how much of a challenge was it for you to let go of that control? It took me a long time, and I think I didn't have a lot of tools. I think as a young kid, sometimes it's hard to process it because you're physically still developing. You're mentally Uh still developing. And so it took me a long time, longer than I wish. I wish I would have forgiven sooner. That's one of my regrets. But it was really tough because I was like, gosh, I can't believe you did that. And then also, too, and I know other folks have gone through this as well, so be careful as a warning. Don't do what I did. Sometimes you have other family members or friends They'll feed into that, which makes it worse. So then sometimes that makes it harder for you to forgive. So be careful of that because we are still responsible for our own behavior. And so I had to learn that the hard way to say, you know what, just because, yeah, he did this, this, and this, he's still a child of God. He is still human, and I'm not responsible for him. If Christ forgave me, I have to forgive him. And so that was so healing 
And then now I pray for him. And I pray for his family and I pray for his two daughters. And we're not close. And I did reach out to him last year and asked if we could reconnect, but that did not go anywhere. But at least I send Olive Branch and there was such healing in that. I can only change myself. That's all I am responsible for. And so and I'd like to share with you know, my listeners that what you just described, Chris, are markers of forgiveness, trying to reach out, praying for the individual, not harboring that ball of anger in our hearts. You just shared some of the big principles as far as what forgiveness actually looks like, but it's not easy. No, it's not easy. And God really prompted me to reach out. I think that was really awesome because I really felt like I forgave him, but I thought it was taking another level. And I was to encourage the listeners, this is a hard process, and sometimes it takes baby steps, so don't give up. I think the more that I kept running to Christ, and the more Christ became my identity, the easier it was to forgive. And I love that your book, uh, Chris's book, we're talking about 10 things I wish I knew before my parents got divorced and remarried. We're talking with Chris Martin. The book is not a long book per se, but it is full of rich nuggets. And at the end of the book, you have a page of additional questions that are questions where you might even say angels fear to tread. What unexpected (laughs) consequences happened because of the divorce? And was seeing your parents date hard? Those are questions I know uh, a lot of times when I'll speak or do a workshop or do a pulpit teaching. When I get done, people will come up and they've never talked to anybody before about their parents' divorce. And they've never dealt with some of these questions. A lot of times this is where I will go, asking those tough questions because they're in our hearts, but we have nowhere to go with them. Have you found that as your experience as well? I absolutely do. And I'll uh-huh. never forget it. I was a waitress at Red Lobster, and a girl shared a story about her divorced parents. And I will never forget this day. It was my day one of healing because she shared her story, and I go, oh, I'm dealing with the same exact thing as she was sharing uh-huh. her story and emotions, not judging, but just sharing. And I will never forget her because it was the awe moment of I'm not alone. I'm uh-huh. not alone. Uh-huh. And so this conversation, it, these, this was not brought up in my experience a lot in churches of folks who who are going through this, but it's a conversation that definitely is not brought up enough in my experience as well. And it's sad. It's sad to to see. One of the things I really like about the book is that there's lots and lots of scripture. How important do you think God is to the healing process? Uh, God God is our foundation. It's huge. And even though I've been a Christian my whole life and I should know all the answers and blah, 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 I had to really reteach myself this concept, Kent, that no, it's not my job. No, it's not what family I came from. No, it's not if I get married and how many kids I have and do I have a big house. My foundation really is Christ because life is unpredictable and life changes and we can't change people around us. We can only change ourselves. And so it was crucial that I had to start over. I had it from scrap and and say, you know what? I thought this degree would give me the confidence I needed, and I thought that getting married would give me the confidence I need, or getting everything external, because that's what the world tells you. And I really had to start completely over to say, no, I'm complete in Christ because he died for me. And it's that simple, but it's that complex. And it's something I still have to keep working on when I have sometimes some family dynamics can be tough. And to say, no, I, I'm complete in Christ, and the Lord has provided a community and who's, you know, your spiritual family, and it's very important to keep Christ-centered because 
it's very easy to get distracted into the world and say, well, if I reach this and climb this ladder, and the corporate ladder, or, or all of these things, it, it's really our identity in Christ, but that's our foundation, and that's, that's the eternal goal, too, and what God has planned for our lives and how sometimes he can take the hardest stuff in our lives and he can use us the most sometimes out of that pain for his purpose more than he can, like, oh, look how awesome I was. And, Chris, you told a wonderful story of a video you saw of a father at the top of the stairs. Can you share about that with our listeners? That story was awesome because I was at Christmas Eve by myself at church. Christmas can be tough. I don't know about anyone else, but family dynamics is tough for me at Christmas time. It's always yeah. been a hard holiday for me. Yeah. And so You're not alone. It gets a little emotional sometimes. And this video is fantastic because the son was at the bottom of the stairs and the father was at the top. And he said, if you can climb up these stairs, but you can't touch the stairs. You know, you have to get to the top, but you can't touch the stairs. But the kid's like, well, I can't do it. If I can't get to the top of the stairs, if I'm not climbing up the stairs, walking up the stairs, and the father said, well, I'm going to come down and get you. So he carries him, comes down the stairs, carries him all the way up the stairs. And then the analogy of that, that's what Christ did for us. We couldn't climb up the stairs ourselves. And getting to heaven, getting to be with Christ forever for the rest of our lives, without the Father coming down, which is our Heavenly Father, picking us up and carrying us all the way up. And so many times we think, oh, it's on me. I've got to be a better person. I've got to do more good works. I need to volunteer. I need to get more money. I need to just be nicer to everyone. But that's not the case. The case is how much God loves us. And he sent us on to die for us so that he can carry us up. And it, we just need to accept that. And so that was like a whole other level of healing. I remember I came home and I wrote it down. But it really sometimes, I think, in myself, I've overcomplicated Christ's love for my life. And when it's I think really, you're not alone in that. that simple. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know? I just want to encourage them that if you're going through one of the roughest periods of your life and you've had rejection, whether that's from a mother or a father, that it really can be you know, almost unbearable sometimes, especially when that is our starting point of kind of like our self-esteem and our identity growing up. So I just want to encourage the readers that that's okay to, to, to feel that and to know that that's sort of the rejection. That does not some, always mean that that's on you. That could be just something that your parent has gone through, that they had their own struggles and their own journey, that maybe they just are not capable of that. That could be a reflection of their hurt and not a reflection of who you are as a person. As we're wrapping up, Chris, where is your book, 10 Things I Wish I Knew Before My Parents Got Divorced and Remarried, available for purchase? Well, it's available on Amazon. Okay. If you go on Amazon and just search for 10 Things I Wish I Knew Before My Parents Got Divorced and Remarried by Chris Martin, or I just recently got a website, and it's chrismartinbooks.com, and that is where I've linked this book to Amazon from my website, and I also wrote a children's book, and I have uh, my second adult child divorce uh, book coming out in May. Please give our listeners your website again. Sure, it is chrismartinbooks.com. And that's Chris with a C, right? Yes, Chris with a C, Chris Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, books.com. Chris, is there an ebook version of the book? Yeah, there's a Kindle on Amazon for that book as well. Chris, thank you so much for being with us on the Hope for ACD podcast. It's such an honor. Thank you for having me. We're back in the Hope for ACD studio. That was my interview with Chris Martin, 
author of 10 Things I Wish I Knew Before My Parents Got Divorced and Remarried. You know, I didn't ask her how she got the list down to 10, you know, because, uh, man, I can think of so many things I wish I'd known. But it's a good read, a challenging read, a biblical read, and really not a long read. It's available on Amazon and through her website, chrismartinbooks.com. And that's Chris with a C. As always, if you have any questions or comments about this podcast, please contact us at questions at hopeforacd.com. That's questions at hope, the number four, acd.com. That's it for now. Until next time, let us heed the words of the Apostle Paul. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. This is Kent Darcy. Thanks for listening. I look forward to being with you again. This has been the Hope for ACD podcast, which is produced by Adult Children of Divorce Ministries. We'd love to hear from you. Please email any questions or comments to questions at hope4acd.com. That's questions at hope, the number four, acd.com. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, may God bless you with his peace and joy.